On today's Phoenix Magazine podcast, a great 48 visit with Laura Hansen, the owner of Saddle Mountain Brewing. Today's episode is brought to you by Garrison Brothers Bourbon. The high fashion takeover is Garrison Brothers' celebration of America's favorite cocktail, the Old Fashioned. Bars and restaurants will create innovative old-fashioned specials that feature Garrison Brothers handcrafted bourbons. And as you embark on a high fashion journey, don't forget to share your experience on Instagram and Facebook. With every post, you become a part of something greater. Garrison Brothers will make a donation of $2 for every post to Boot Campaign to support their life-changing programs for veterans and military families. For more information, visit the website highfashion.com. That's high, H-Y-E, highfashion.com. All right, welcome to the Phoenix Magazine podcast. I'm Matt Johnson, Director of Digital Content. Next to me, Leah Lemoine, Managing Editor, Phoenix Hello. Magazine. Leah, we've come out to Avondale for the, um, check out the new Penny Cafe. What's What do you think about this spot so far? It's gorgeous. And I grew up for a large part in Avondale and we did not have anything this cool when I was here. Um, so we're here with the owner of the new Penny Cafe and great 48 alumni, Laura Hansen. Laura, Hello. good to see you again. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. You also own Saddle Mountain Brewing Company and you were in the great 48 feature last year, class of 2022. Now you, you're becoming this like titan of hospitality industry. Would you say that's that's a correct statement or I am I way a, off? That's a lofty statement, but I appreciate it. <laughs> um, I, I don't even know really how to respond to that. I enjoy what I do. And if owning a restaurant is what I'm intended to do in life, then I'm going to try to do multiple of that. So I did partner. I have two partners with New Penny Cafe, Denny and Brittany. They came from Inroute Coffee and Tea. And I met them about seven doors down from Saddle Mountain um, when they bought an already existing coffee shop. And we met over bags of ice. And I just thought they had done such a phenomenal job with that Um endeavor that I decided, hey, if you want to, I'll be happy to open something with you. And so then New Penny was born. So And so tell us a little bit more about this place. Coffee bar. I can see that sign right up right beyond there. Um I'm drinking this iced coffee here. I think I Leah's got a drink tea. there. Best black tea. Black I tea. promise you it's the best Leah, black tea. Leah, what do you have there? I have a delicious iced latte. Okay. And there's what, breakfast here, lunch it's here? Breakfast, brunch and lunch, coffee and cocktails. Okay. Yeah. We have a phenomenal staff, extremely pleasant and happy to serve you. And um, Denny and Brittany have done a phenomenal job with creating the culture here. And uh, Denny is the baker and the cook and the menu developer. Um, prior to opening, we kind of discussed and talked about the, the direction we wanted to go. And they have done a phenomenal job with that. So I have to give credit where credit is due. And there's cocktails here too, right? There are. Is that so... You guys stay open late for that? No, actually, currently, and since we've just been open eight months now, nine months, um, we opened January, uh, we do 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. Based on customer need and the fact that we're at the American Sports Complex here in Avondale, um, they have a lot of events on the weekend. So we'll judge it as we become more solid to see if we stay open till more like 6 p.m. So like do a 12 hour stay yeah. from 6 to 6. What do you think, Leah? Should we do a cocktail camp here next summer? It's coming to an end this summer, but there's always a chance for next summer, right? Yes, totally. I think that the West Valley is clamoring for more cocktail spots, and this would be an excellent addition to cocktail camp to serve some of our West Valley readers and beyond. Have everybody come over here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I so, love it. 
it, I noticed that where it's on the other side of where we're sitting, but you have that giant wooden sign, and you created that yourself, right? I did. Did you did. know you had carpentry carpentry skills? Or yeah, is that, that is that, not uh, my first sign. That no? was not my first rodeo. Okay. No, when I, where does uh, that come from? I think my mom, honestly, and youth, and growing up in the middle of nowhere with. 10 acres to explore. My dad um, was the guy who bought me, didn't want me to use his electric tools, but bought me the handheld auger when I was like five, six and seven, you know what I mean? Where I would create things. I created a set of wings once. I think it was about 10, made them out of wood and jumped off the roof of our carport. Thank God it was only about, you know, 12 foot down and I just landed and rolled, but I did not fly, but I did create the wings. The wings, the wings didn't work. Yeah, and when uh, I, that's always a tough lesson for a kid, right? Like that gravity. Yeah, it just yeah. You, you think you can fly sometimes, you just can't. I had no idea. Aerodynamics was not my thing. I just like to put wood pieces together, and I covered it with fabric. I remember that, but um, no. But when I owned Tin Top Bar and Grill out in the far, far west valley, um, I had painted all the signs for that establishment too. That just recently burned, so all those signs I painted are. Now, oh, yeah, I saw that. When That was, what, back earlier in the summer? That, earlier in the summer, yeah. yeah right, during one of the big storms. I'm not exactly sure if it was an electrical fire or was hit by lightning or whatever, but it was really devastating. The guys who bought it from me um, did a great job, but they didn't really change the aesthetic. So mm-hmm. the paintings on the inside were still the paintings that I had painted on the wall. And since I was a teacher in my early days, I had an overhead projector. You remember the ones with the little cellophane or the acetate and you drew on it with your pen and then you oh, wipe yeah. it off you know that yes your teacher... pre-smartboard i love those days yes those i think some teachers might still be using those uh, the old school mine. ones right in fact it's in my car right now because i just did another project at another location but i use that to put all those signs on the wall and that's what i use to put that new penny the wording on that sign too but... very cool very cool thanks so i want to get into the grade 48 just a minute but uh now it your um, venture here at the New Penny Cafe in Avondale. You obviously have out in Goodyear, Saddle Mountain Brewing. That's what, about nine years old now? Nine, Is that right? Nine years in October, yeah. Is there, I, I mean, are you expanding your empire here? Are you um, looking to grow as, as a businesswoman? My heart is definitely in the West Valley. Yes, I'm currently working on another project. It's not my project. Um, the Equestrian Center in Buckeye has um, a space that they had as a bar it was a makeshift bar and the owners are wanting to make it a full restaurant so little promo tag for them that should be open hopefully late october if not before the end of the year um but it's called the tack room so i'm helping them with that project that's been super fun i've enjoyed that so far i think that's some of the funnest part about opening something is the ideas and the getting to plan it and the watching it come to fruition you know the old saying if you build it he will come um but they change it today, right? We remember it wrong. If the, you build it, they will come. And I know it's a little bit prideful, but it makes me feel good when the thing I build, people come to. So I enjoy that part of it. I enjoy people and I like making them happy. I think that's my whole, my love language is doing for others so they can enjoy themselves. Well, it's working. Look how busy it is here. It really filled up even in the past five minutes. It's like a big, we didn't stage this. It's all organic. Yeah, it's a it's a Tuesday morning at like ten o'clock here, and business is not slow at all. You guys are cranking. We got uh, fire and medical over there, enjoying some breakfast and some drinks. 
big group of maybe some business people over here, local yeah, people that work in the area. Dealers. Is that is that kind of like your um the 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 big kind of clientele around here? Is the the people who work here locally, or do you get people that maybe flock in that know you from Saddle Mountain I just think, down the road? I and, think both from Saddle Mountain, definitely from Enroute. The girls' social yeah. media is on fire, so they do a very good job with that. Um, so it was kind of nice to open this location with two other feeder businesses because it wasn't dead day one, right? People did know it was coming and they came in and it's been growing ever since. In fact, I think it grew ever so slightly this summer, which I cannot say for all businesses because the summer has been a rough one. But um, yeah, I really do think it's a lot of local. Um, again, I said on the weekends when the events are happening, we get a lot of mom and pops who have their kids playing soccer or, or basketball. And, um, yeah, the fire department comes, the city of Avondale comes often. Um, a lot of the, this is Avondale Boulevard. So it is the thoroughfare going in. Yeah. I 10, right, uh, right off the I 10 on Avondale. Can't miss it. It's like right off the freeway. And yeah. we made the conscious effort to open at six because we realized like a lot of people go to work at seven. So come get your coffee, get a, get your breakfast or get a to go wrap and take it to work with you for lunch. It must be good because there's lots of people here, as Leah said. I think it is. Yeah, it's awesome. I think, I think the girls are doing a great job. As you were talking about how you want you try to make people happy and stuff like that. And you're in, in owning these businesses. And I think that was kind of why. She was in the, on the grade 48, right, Leah? Yeah, 100%. She was nominated by multiple people, um, including some of her employees. And they said that they were impressed that she put others before herself. And that especially during the pandemic, she really stepped up to make sure all of her employees were taken care of, fed. Nobody went without. And I just like just reading that made me cry. I'm such a sap. <laughs> but, you know, just that's what brings you faith in humanity is that kind of feedback. And it's nice to see people recognized. Leah doesn't cry at at anything, really. So, (laughs) (laughs) so so what about that? What about that? When when you hear something that you like, your employee once ran me down in a parking lot to to brag on you and sing your praises that you had done this during the lockdown, that you had kept your your staff employed and fed, and even when the restaurant wasn't open, like how does that when when you hear somebody that works for you. you're the boss and one and somebody's coming up and saying the boss is doing this she's so great like that not a lot of people say that about their boss right i i appreciate that i i i really do because i didn't do it for recognition um i don't know that i did it as big as they are putting it out there but if that's how it affected them it's humbling and i appreciate that because i really did i tried i mean i had hairstylists who i'm like come get all my family's hair at our house because when nothing's open but I'll pay you to do that. And, mm-hmm. and I, uh, you know, and I tried, I'm like, I have refrigerators full of food and we can't use it. Please come and take something for your house. Um, I know I also partnered with the West Valley Mavericks during that time because school lunches were not coming readily to all the kids. And, and it, during the summertime, it was just rough on them. So we partnered to feed some kids and, and their families. Um, we, I just, you know, if I have, and I can, you're welcome to it. I really, you know, I know we open businesses to make money. I do it to feed my family too. I don't do it to own five yachts. <laughs> I don't even like yachts. But, just, just four. Um, yeah, think, just right? four. No. Um, but I do do it. I mean, of course, to to run a business and to be successful and, and to have um, nice things. But I also want that for everybody that works for me. Um, I want to give as much as I can. I wish restaurants were a higher profitable thing. But um but with that being said, I 
I appreciate my staff. They do such a good job for me. It is not me out there serving people every day. It is not me in the kitchen cooking. It is not me managing. It is not me making the labor schedules. Um, they do that and I appreciate it. And I hope they feel that. I hope they know that. And, um, and so when they come back and say stuff like that, it gives me an inkling that they're appreciative of it and that they recognize that I really want what's good for them and to do all that I can for them. I've helped, um, young coming up in the world understand financing and credit cards, maybe because they didn't come from a place their household didn't know, you know, I try to encourage people to buy, not rent. I encourage, you know, there's a place for renting, but it's not economically sound to right. do that. And right. so, you know, they come in, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a financial advisor, but I am their friend and hopefully they understand. And if I have some wisdom, take it or leave it, but I'm willing to give that. To them. Yeah. And uh, like the restaurant industry in particular, has had some challenges over the last couple of years kind of keeping staff. Um, have you experienced that or have you been kind of seen as your, your staff or your employees have been loyal to you because you were loyal to them? I have both. I, I'm, I'm not going to say that we haven't struggled, especially right out of the pandemic when everybody yeah. got jobs online or telecommuting and they didn't want to come back into the workforce. Um, so that was difficult, especially like back of house, kitchen staff. However, those who were with me that I'm like, hey, we're closed down. It's a good time to redo the whole kitchen while we're closed down. You guys come. We'll take all the stuff out and you wash it clean. And I'll just pay you like you're regularly getting paid. So you're working a nine to five, but you're not really um, serving the people. Uh, so they stayed. I have a lot that have stayed for a long time. I have, in fact, um, I have one girl, uh, Brianna. Shout out, Brie. Um has been with me since she is 17 and it's been almost eight years now of nine year stint. So she's been with me for a long time. Um, my brewer has been with me for a good long time, started out in the kitchen, um, got to learn under a previous brewer and he's doing a phenomenal job. I have, um, Mimo, yeah. who was my, a bartender that moved into the GM world that has, um, still friends still came to the event we had the other day. I talked about Whistlepig. Um, and, but he's moved on to do bigger, better things, but still good friends still comes in, still wishes me well and wants the place to do great and vice versa. I do him. So even when people move on, they're not always moving on because they don't like it. I've had, you know, people go finish the bar and become lawyers. I've had, um, medical, they've become nurses or PAs or, you know, any of those kind of things. So they don't always move on for bad reasons. They move on because I was a stepping stone to the next great thing. They got married. They don't need to work anymore. Is you know, or they've had babies or all that kind of stuff. So loyalty. Yes. Do I have turnover? Absolutely. It's the nature of the game, but there are some key components in there that have been with me for a long time. And I am blessed and appreciative and humbled that they're still there. Yeah. When, uh, I was in Saddle Mountain, it was a uh, bear week of 2021. There wasn't a beer fest, going on but it was like right after things were kind of reopening starting to but saddle mountain was still humming like weekday middle of the day i don't even know if it was like a lunch crowd you think your customers are also kind of share that same loyalty that they just there's always going to flock to you know saddle mountain and in goodyear because because of you because of what you've established because of the, the, the type of employees that you that you trust too, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, we have a phenomenal set of 
regulars, if that's what you want to call them, um, great customers who, who are friends, like to even say, to do them injustice to say they're customers because they're friends and they come in often and, um, you know, and if they're going to spend that dollar someplace and they choose to spend it with me, that's also very, um, it's humbling. It's, it's endearing and, and it's appreciated. The, um, it's funny that you say that because just, I don't know, yesterday or the day before, John, who is my um, marketing manager, he uh, posted somebody had tagged. They got in their car and they turned it on and it was Sunday, right? And their little navigation thingy says, Saddle Mountain, seven minutes away or whatever. And I typed, so I'm like, they come so often, their car knows where they're going on a Sunday. It knows. And they posted that and I, that was just like, it just it made me chuckle and smile and be, yeah, that was awesome. What you have, you have some things like that, right? That pop up on on your car, like other than Phoenix Magazine, oh, yeah, Pichotto <laughs> Coffee, yeah. Pichotto. There you go. Yeah. I just, it's really warming my heart that you've had such a supportive um, clientele in the West Valley. Because, like I was saying, I grew up here, you know, decades ago, and it seemed like every time we would get something local, people wouldn't support it and it would go under. So that was really discouraging for me as someone who wanted to see more local things that weren't just huge national chains. So do you think that there's kind of like a turning of the tides? in terms of supporting local being throughout the valley and not just in like downtown Phoenix or, you know, I, I definitely feel what you're saying. And, and absolutely. I do think locals want some more mom and pops, not that mom and pops don't own franchises, right? Course, they do. Yes, they're, they, their money, they're looking to make a living just like anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of that notion that it's not replicatable or it's not a cookie cutter kind of thing, I think is near and dear to a lot of people. They want something different. They want something um, homemade or, or whatever it is you're offering. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's just a culture on the Internet. I think that's an actual people are living by that. They're actually spending their money where they want to. And, and again, very appreciative. Thank you. Yes, of course. Um, oh, sorry. No, you're good. Shaking the table a little bit. It's it's allowed it once. It wasn't. <laughs> it's allowed once. Um, going back to uh, Saddle Mountain, you're the brewing uh, there for nine years. You guys have won so many awards on world stage, uh, national stage, even local. You guys won at uh, the Craft Beer Arizona Craft Beer Awards, Great American Beer Festival, World Beer Cup just this year. So many. I mean, do you even know the number? Can you remember how many you've, you've won? I think there's six GABFs, uh, Great American Beer Festival, which is coming up in September, by the way. Yep. The 21st, 22nd, one of those days. Um, we've had now three World Beer Cups, my original silver back in 2018. And then we just won uh, silver again for clandestine, our Scottish Ale. And then uh, Anthony did a phenomenal job on our um, uh, American Wheat Beer 5G. Yeah. And he just took a gold. And that has never even placed or showed before. But he has been tweaking and working on that recipe. And he is a very, very good brewer. I was going to ask, is he the best in the state? Oh, of course. <laughs> of course he is. Um, and with that, we're all still learning, right? He is learning. I am learning. He is willing to try new things, um, flavor profiles and understanding. But Saddle Mountain was kind of built on the traditional style of beer. We knew back in 2013, 14, when we were developing recipes, and by we, I mean by ex-husband, that craft beer was not even really heard of in the West Valley. You know, you have to go 
to Scottsdale or downtown Phoenix or or even the East Valley, Tempe, Santan, Four Peaks, all, you know, the, the big ones back in the day. Um, but with that, because I remember when we were opening and the sign went up and it said Saddle Mountain Brewing Company and we weren't open yet. And these people were walking their dog and they walked by, oh, are you guys doing coffee? <laughs> Who knew one day the answer would be yes, but at the time that was not it. And I'm like, no, it's beer. Oh, and those first year, maybe two years, people would come in, Coors Light, Bud Light, MGD, you know, they wanted all those things. And I'm like, I don't know. I make the beer and or we make the beer and, and, and it's served here. It took a little bit. And so, and to date, the lightest beer we have on tap is still the most popular. Yeah. You know, it's very drinkable. It's shifting and we'll get an IPA that's really popular too. But honestly, a cream ale or a Kolsch is still high. And 5G, actually, the one that just won gold has been top seller for years. It's a, you know, kind of like a blue moon style. Uh-huh. Is that uh, winning competitions and trying to b- get better at, at classic styles of beers? Is that, has that always been in your DNA or has that kind of evolved over time to no, try to enter and it's win? It's been a part um, of Saddle Mountain since day one yeah. to create beers that are very drinkable, very true to style um, and to help educate the, the genial populace out here in the West Valley. Um, and I, and I'm going to, give credit where credit's due. I think my brewer has done and the previous brewer has done a really good job on creating really well-balanced beers. Now, that might not be your style. You may not enjoy a particular style, like you're not an IPA drinker or you're not a, a stout drinker or a porter or, you're, or you don't like light beers. Maybe you only like IPAs. Um, but with that being said, I think um, doing things true to style and making it consistent. Once we develop the recipe that we like, and that that's what we want to put out into the world, um, then to do that again and again and again and again and again very consistently is a talent. It's a clean, it's a clean environment. It's the recipe. It's your water. It's um, the human doing it who is analyzing and seeing problems and, and getting those problems under control before they go anywhere. And and just understanding the process. And Anthony has done a phenomenal job of being educated on that, self-educating that, um, and practicing and and really caring. In fact, I have a new assistant brewer now, Jackie, and he is doing a great job training her because I'm like, Anthony, that's the beer I want to make even when we open, you know, Saddle 2, where it's a production brewery and and we'll get cells out there. Because in nine years, we've grown so dramatically it's been very difficult to get beer outside of my four walls. We have here and there. And I was going to ask that because I'm in the East Valley and I can never get a Saddle Mountain beer except at like yeah. a beer festival. And Well, be be looking for that. All right. We have a salesman now and he's getting out there and um, we're starting to get out into the world. Um, I just need to be able to produce enough. So oh, yeah. I don't yeah. promise and under deliver or, you know, and we've had some glitches. We started really kind of putting it out in the world and then the pandemic hit. And you want to be sure you're in the right spots, too, where it's not sitting on a shelf or yeah. a warm we, shelf at a bad store yeah. somewhere. right? And we um, have some great beer labels. Um, not only has John drawn some for me that works for me, but I also have a guy named Adam Turner who also has drawn some and he's done some great stuff um and we're currently i'm on a roller derby girl series so all of our cans are based on nose art prior to my 
the ending of my marriage, my husband, ex-husband was a pilot and we very much appreciated Luke Air Force Base. And I still do. I still support them greatly. Um, but the aesthetics was kind of vintage aircraft, right? Yeah. So keeping on that theme, that's why change what's not broken. Um, we do try to make all our cans look like they could be a piece of nose art on an airplane, a bomber or, you know, something vintage. And so, but now I'm on a roller derby girl series. So we do have nose art. It still looks like nose art, but, and I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on here, but strawberry bitch is one of our most popular beers. Um, and she is a piece of nose art from world war II. And my can looks nothing like her, but I still use that name to make a roller derby girl. And now our second roller derby girl is coming out on our Kolsch, which is called sun scorched. And the Kolsch just FYI actually went to the middling round at the world beer cup as well. So that was exciting when we got back the notes Very cool. that that one went there. Well, so that one is the next one we are canning and the art just got finished and she's a little sunburnt Arizona girl on this roller derby team. So yeah, the strawberry bitch uh, beer is, is fantastic. I had that, uh, it was at Arizona craft beer festival last year. Mm. You guys are coming back yes, for year two. Yep. It's in Glendale, same spot, um, Heritage Sportsman's Park, October 21st. And I, I remember having that, I think, for the first time there and really, really enjoying that. And then I saw it again at the Sour Festival that Fate threw and recommended my friend group to go over there and try that. And they all loved it, too. So it's one of those beers that... It's fun to say, but it's even better to drink, you know, um, and I always like those. So well, I that, that's that. really well done. Yeah. What are your daily drinkers? Like, what, what are you grabbing from your guys's beer repertoire? You know, everybody has their own flavor. Honestly, Sun Scorch, the Kolsch that Anthony developed is probably very high on my list. We also have a Scorch beer coming out, like a, a black lager that's coming out. And um, it's dark like a porter or stout but it's light and refreshing with a toasty finish. So it it presents like it's going to be a heavy beer, but it's not. Um, so that's one of my favorites. We don't do it very often, but when he brings it out, I do like that. Um, I like this side of 17. I named it. Um, I always thought we seem like they're, for the lack of a better term, the redheaded children of the West Valley, right? We're just this brewery really far west. And at the time, we're the furthest west in the valley still. Um and so I always thought, well, no one ever comes this side of 17. No one ever wants to come this side of 17. So I said, you know what? We're going to name this hazy. That is my favorite hazy Anthony has ever done. Super low ABVs, or not ABVs, IB, IBUs. Um, I think it's like 6, 6.9 ABVs, but like 18 IBUs. But the juicy, the the aroma, the fruitiness, the it's, it's grapefruit-centric. And I just... It is delicious and I love it. So, but other than that, I'm kind of an old fashioned drinker. I love the names like because whiskey. a lot of the names uh, you mentioned are, are personal to you. Um, the the story I remember you telling me about 300 foot Steve. Yeah. Uh, what is that like a like a red or? A, uh, it was an imperial red. An yeah. Imperial That'll red, come back yeah. on the rotation. It it's just not a high coveted beer. It's yeah. So specific you have to really want something right, right. very malty very bitter um but that was named hot. after what a local Steve uh, city councilman was, and yeah, yeah. Uh, the city planner at the time city yeah. planner and he helped change some law to get you guys to open is that was that the, did, the story yeah. we worked with him in 2013 and 14 um to change uh the city of goodyear's um ordinances in order to allow more production or more microbreweries um they just had some verbiage in there that was restrictive 
and Steve worked with us. And, you know, long story short, there was some other criteria we were unaware of when changing to meet more Arizona standards. So basically Goodyear and Arizona are kind of hand in hand. But um, in Arizona as a whole, it's 300 feet from churches and schools where you can sell alcohol. Yeah. Well, Goodyear has a 500-foot rule, but it also includes residential areas. Well, 378 feet off the corner of Saddle Mountain Brewing Company is a residential area. <laughs> so I was like, Steve, we didn't know. Like, we've gone nine months of trying to change this law, and we just didn't know this was a caveat. So I still can't open this restaurant right where I went to. And he goes, well, so he really went with his red pen and scratched out the word 500, or not even a word, it was 500, and he wrote 300 on top of all of it and send it off to the city council and they approved it. And so we, to pay homage to him changing it to a 300 foot rule. So I had 78 grace feet to not, you know, encroach upon, uh, we named that beer 300 foot Steve. And I just thought that was a fun name. That's good stuff. Yeah. I like it. Let's take a quick break to remind you about the high fashion takeover from Garrison brothers bourbon. It's a celebration of America's favorite cocktail, the old fashioned. In September, bars and restaurants will create innovative old-fashioned specials that feature Garrison Brothers handcrafted bourbon. Don't forget to share your experience on Instagram and Facebook. With every post, you become a part of something greater. Garrison Brothers will make a donation of $2 for every post to Boot Campaign to support their life-changing programs for veterans and military families. For more information, go back to the website, highfashion.com. That's H-Y-E, highfashion.com. Back to grade 48, and I asked you last night to think about this. If you could nominate anyone, anyone, for this year's class, and Leah's taking nominations right now. Yeah, we're she got her pen. List today, so who who would it be and why? Or what kind of characteristics are you looking for in a, in a grade 48 that defines what it is to like be, uh, and it has to be, you have to live in Maricopa County, right? So it okay. has to be kind of valley-based. Um, who are you looking for there? Well, um, there... That was a hard question. When you posed that to me last night and I really had to sit and think about it, there are some initial people that pop into mind and I, and I talked to Leo and said, it's, they don't live here anymore. You know what I mean? So they kind and of, that's common, out. right? Leo? Yeah. Leaving us. Everybody's <laughs> going to Portland and Denver and Florida. Florida and where, yeah. So, um, what I really was thinking about is people who have affected me in my life and has helped. And I, and again, I was an educator. I taught, uh, first grade for almost eight years, third grade, first grade. Um, and so there were two people that jumped out at me and one of them, uh, her name is Carolyn Hardison and she was my mentor, um, in early education years, right? I came out, I just full disclosure, I'm dyslexic. I have got some learning disabilities. Um, and so with that reading was always hard and here I am teaching first graders, right? And I'm like, (laughs) I am not great at this, but she really helped me. She was the liaison for the reading program. Um, not to mention her grace and her um, genuinely good heart and her ability to lead and her ability to um, state what it is she wants to say in a non-degrading or non-insulting and actually inspiring and uplifting kind of way. Um I just really thought she also moved on to be a principals of schools. I mean, she has been a treasure show. She's one of my mother-in-law's best friends. Um, we taught together, but she lives out in the Arlington, Palo Verde area in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and she, I just, she just celebrated her 70th birthday a few years ago and we all came and 
it's impressive the three or four hundred people that show up in the middle of nowhere because she has touched the lives of hundreds if not thousands of people children that went through Ruth Fisher Elementary School she you know um taught at Palo Verde for a little while um and I probably am getting her world all confused with where she was and what she did at those particular schools but definitely within the education field and I think she was one of the key people that taught me to um stop for a minute and listen and pay attention and don't talk over people because I have a bad habit of that. I'm learning at 52 years of age. I'm still learning to not do that. And I really do think that as a human being on the planet, you cannot have a more genuine person. Um, and she just is kind of that person that no matter who she talks to or meets leaves an impression, but it's always of grace and always of, um, just, I don't even know how else to say that. It, it, she just exudes positive and understanding and all of those things that I hope to grow up to be one day. You know what I mean? Like those are the kind of things. Yeah. And she's just beautiful. And she holds herself with that sense of, yeah, all of that. Kind of it just emanates exudes. from yep, within. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And not to mention it's fun to have a few beers with her too. And <laughs> We say stupid stuff. And, High low, darling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that so. actually should, I think it's one of the requirements is yeah, how, how good are they to have a beer with you? Yeah. How well do they hold their alcohol? No, no. <laughs> uh, no. And then the other person that really came to mind, and she is also in the education world, but I met her later in life. Um, her name is Corby Naylor. And when I met her, they had just moved back from um, Italy. Her husband's F-16 pilot at Luke Air Force Base, or in the in the Air Force, but stationed at Luke when we met them. Um, funny story: my ex-husband ended up giving him his commercial license back in the day, like go back 2000, prior to the 9/11 happening, even because it was still when he was doing. Um, but he gave Ray; he wasn't even married yet. His commercial license or some portion of that license when he was an instructor. And then Ray goes on to become an F-16 pilot, marries Corby. They have three beautiful children. Um, and she has, when I met her, she was just starting to be, I want to say the vice principal at Verado Middle School. She ends up moving to become the principal at Scott Libby. Um, then another principal at, I'm not sure the school, but it's near Wickenburg in the Buckeye District. And then now she's consulting and she's helping other schools all over the nation. So, um, but she's one of those people, she ended up suffering through, and I'm sorry, Corby, you don't want me to say this, but I don't think she minds. She's been on television about it. Um, if she can get in the magazine, yeah. she'll forgive you, right? Breast, breast cancer, and she suffered through all of that with um, the uh, Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Um, she's on one of their commercials, actually, for that wow. center. So, uh, but she did, she's the kind of person, like, I'm sorry, if I went through all of that, I'm I'm not that strong. I'm really not. I would crawl up in my bed and not want to talk to a soul and be sad. She got up and jogged every day and wrote blogs and very inspirational and well-worded. She's a very good writer. Um, and she just was this phenomenal person who encouraged and inspired. And she currently is in remission, um, God bless. And she also does this for others. So there have been other people in our community group, especially her in the military wives and in the school districts and that kind of stuff. And just friends. They have, they have the massive amount of core friends. Um but she has also lifted them up and done for them and offered to do, you know, GoFundMe's and community get togethers to help others in this thing that she was 
suffering through. So oh, that's lovely. Yeah, no, she's awesome. And she's like one of those people that's like, she's crazy go-getter. Like she is a crazy go-getter. Like I wish I had a 10th of her energy. <laughs> like Leslie Nope. Did you ever watch Parks and Rec? Yeah. Yeah. Like constant. Like, like and, and you know, and when there were some times when my kids were suffering through stuff in um, grade school, bullying and that kind of stuff. And I went to Corby and I said, what do I do? And how do I do this? And how do I address the school as a whole? Because you work at another one, but you understand. And even though I was a teacher, I was never in the administration. And, and as a mom, I was hot and angry and, you know, full of rage about this situation that was happening. And she really did a good job of, you know, kind of laying it out and how I should approach it. And, and I did what she suggested and it turned out very well in the end, but you know, so I love that you go to her for humbling advice too. And she was not ungracious in that by any means. She was lovely and wonderful to talk to. So, so even a more of a go-getter than you? Oh, is, that, is that what you're yeah. saying? Like oh, wow. more energy than me. <laughs> Much more energy than me. Yeah. Well, there you go, Leah. What do you think about those suggestions? I uh, love them. She's writing notes over there. In I all fairness, them. she is younger than I am too, though. <laughs> we love powerful women. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Um, let's see here. How about, uh, oh, you know what? I was going to say, if Great 48 wasn't limited to just human beings, would you nominate your Jeep? I would. I love Sugar Hooker. How, how, is, how is the Jeep doing? Is it up and running? No, it blew up on the 303 about two and a half weeks ago, oh, three no. weeks ago, but that's okay. Um, I, one of my dearest friends who actually works for me, he is a jack of all trade and such a nice guy. He doesn't know how to say no. I have to talk to him every once in a while. I'm like, you're allowed to say no, but he doesn't. And he is a genuinely good soul. One of the better people I've known in my lifetime um, will help anybody give the shirt off his back, take in children who need a place to live. I mean, he's an awesome human being. Um, he's got sugar hooker on a trailer and he's going to put a new radiator in her and a new water pump and a new serpentine belt. And when that happens, I will be back out in the desert. Please tell me about this name sugar hooker, because I love a name for an automobile. So I don't know. Matt's probably seen it. Um, so it's, yeah, you have an Instagram account for I it. I do. I have an Instagram account for it. So sugar hooker, um, when I bought a Jeep, I, I loved to go four wheeling my whole life. Unfortunately, there was a big stint of it that I stopped doing that and focused on other things. Um, and when all of my world was changing, I'm like, I'm going to get back into the things I love. I think we forget as human beings to not give up our love for somebody else's dream. And I'm guilty of doing that. So I wanted to go four wheeling. I want to go out in the desert and I want to, you know, have bonfires and drink beer with my friends and all that kind of stuff. So um, I bought a 1999 Jeep that somebody else had made beautiful, right? Did all the things, big tires, you know, the lift, all the different suspension on it. Um, and so I bought this and it scared the bejesus out of me. And about a year after owning it, I decided this thing just needs to be something recognizable. I just need to put joy in it. I want to walk out into my front driveway and go, that thing makes me smile, whatever it is. So it was green. Um, and so I'm like, what can I do? Because they can't wrap the inside of the window wells. They can't do certain things. What's green? What's green? What could I do? Well, in the time I'm trying to think of this, um, I have a small sugar addiction. Uh, it's not small. It's huge. And I really do ask for all my cocktails to be sweet. 
And if it doesn't come with a sugar rim, just go ahead and throw one on there. I just like give sugar. me a sidecar of simple syrup, please. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. And my staff always like, I, I'm an old fashioned drinker and I really do love them. But I'm like, mm. everyone knows extra sweet, extra mm. sweet, extra sweet, four cherries, extra sweet, four cherries. Mm. So um, they call me a sugar hooker. And I even go to <laughs> Anthony, the brewer, and I'm like, can you do something, something, something? Because, oh, you're such a sugar hooker. Like all the things I want are sweet. Uh-huh. Um, and so I thought that is the perfect name for this Jeep, which helped me go, well, what's sweet or sugary? And it's green. And so I determined a fun watermelon. And it's not a piece of watermelon or it's not have pieces of watermelon. It is a watermelon that looks like it was smashed into a rock and broken. And I thoroughly love it. So... I love it. There you go. I think she'd get along with uh, Mayor in her office. Also drives a green Jeep. Yes. And uh, goes hiking. So you you like to take gears out on the desert. A lot of the hikes that we recommend on Phoenix Mag are you need a, a Jeep like a sugar hooker to, to, get, to get out on them yep. for sure. Because yep. I'll try to take, you know, the minivan and it not so much. Not so much. You, I worry about I worry about the cars sometimes on those hikes. But, we'll have to uh, send you some copies of Mayor's hike book. She's written three. Oh, I'd love and that. And so they're fabulous. Some are like just focused on the city. Some are all throughout the state. And it's just like easy hikes to very difficult hikes. So you'll love it. We'll I'll, I'll be honest, though. Sugar hooker is my legs. Yeah. Like I'm going <laughs> to slow crawl the desert for hours on end. Yeah. Um, I'll get out and go up a mountain and look at stuff. But yeah, she, uh, that, Let her do the, the work, guy yeah. I bought it from, his name on it was Lazy Hiker. And I said, oh, that, <laughs> that's calling to me. <laughs> Like there you go. Right. Well, I uh, have asked my final question, Leah. Do you have anything? Um, I guess, like, what what were your thoughts when you were named Great 48? And, you know, do people come talk to you about it? Like, just what was that feeling? Because it's something that we're trying to build as a brand, obviously. And what I love about it is that it's not just like 40 under 40 where it's limiting. I love that we're including all people. So we have, you know, kids as young as 15. Right. We have a centenarian sometimes. You know what I mean? So I just love that it's all over and people from different industries you know. industries absolutely um it was it was very uh i don't know i was pleased that i was put into it mm-hmm. i was a little shocked taken aback by that and i it came at a wonderful time i told you about that so it did give me a little bit of a self-esteem boost that i needed desperately at that time i think it's a really kind of appreciative thing coming from one who was nominated and then chosen for that. Um, it's nice to be recognized. There's sometimes that you do a lot and, and I don't do it for recognition, but when that recognition comes, when you told me my staff, you know, talked to you guys about it. Um, it, I keep saying the word humbling, but that's kind of what it is. I don't know, you know, I don't want to be overly prideful or anything like that, but it, 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 makes you smile and it says, okay, maybe all the not good times, maybe all the headaches are a little more worth it because somebody did say thank you, I guess is a good way of putting it. So I appreciate that you guys do that. I think um, it's a great concept. Um, Definitely don't stop doing it. I think you don't realize what it does for the individual to have a very notable magazine come out and say, hey, we see you. it's pretty impressive. It's it's and I'm I'm gonna speak for us as a group at that time. Um, it really does help to get a pat on the back every once in a while. And I love that a group of people, Phoenix magazine, can do that for an entire other group of people, individually speaking out there. Um, but 
that they get to see the appreciation that it's not just the locals who say, Hey, we love your place. Cause we get that. We do. And I did have people come up and I remember I was at um, my a car fix it place, getting one of my other vehicles worked on. And the gal came out and she was walking behind the desk and she looked at me and then she double took. And I'm like, and I, my head goes down. Cause I don't know why she's like, looking like it's something on my face. Like, you know, and, and she goes, did I just see you in Phoenix magazine? And I said, yeah, you did. And she goes, that's awesome. Oh my God. And she's like, if I had it, I'd have you autograph it. And I thought, how sweet was that? And even she doesn't know the rest of the day, how awesome I felt. Right. Yeah, you yeah. know, And, and so it, it, you get to have those little moments and, um, and I hope you can give them to more people because there are a lot of people out there who do way more than I do, who've seen more, helped more, um, that deserve a little attaboy. And just keep going. We see you. And I think that's a great thing. For me, it makes my job worth it. I see all of these cool people doing all these cool things. And that's what makes me excited to do my job is I get to talk to people who are so passionate about what they do, you know, and it's like, we really live in a cool place full of all these cool people. We really um, do. If we ever did a party, would you come? Absolutely. Okay, good. Great 48 party with Laura yeah. coming soon. A reunion. She, she, right. she already booked. I, I know so. a place you could have one. Okay. <laughs> We we do need to do some more of our events in the West Valley, like uh, the Arizona Craft Beer Festival coming in October. So uh, Saddle Mountain will be there. Um, yes, we will. You know what's great is your brewer always shows up to these events. Anthony's out there with with your staff, and because usually it's like a marketing person, and it's you don't really know. You can't. You don't have a chance to talk to brewers because a lot of them are kind of introverts and really they just want to like brew beer out out back in the back in the dark and just kind of go home and drink their beer and not be heard from. But Anthony's always out there. He's been at uh, he was at a home tour, oh, serving beer so nice. to all the Phoenix Home and Garden folks. Do you know that, how much he loves doing that? Yeah, he really enjoys. People. I mean, you have to. Does, it, yeah. it, like I said, like brewers are not that type of person, but. He is the exact he's, opposite. He's a character. Yeah. No, I love him to death. Absolutely. Just a neat, neat guy. And he's um, ex-military, too. He was a medic in the Army. So okay. okay. I really do try to support as much of that as I can. My GM is uh, retired out of Luke Air Force Base and have different kids in the kitchen who are going on into the military and those who, you know, need to put up as they come out of the military. I just hired a young man who just left. He's now a host in the front, but it gets the ability to meet people and to never know where those introductions are going is, is a neat power of community, a neat power of creating a, a centralized location where people can gather, hopefully for all good reasons, but they gather and who you're going to meet and how that's going to work out for you five years down the line, five months down the line, seven years down the line is is one of the greater joys of what this industry does. And I think that's within all industries. Um, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I think it's awesome. Well, Laura, that's really well said. We thank you for having us here to the new Penny Cafe. Check it out. It's in Avondale. Um, you guys have been open, what, for a couple months now? Uh, Is that since January. Since so nine, January. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And if you want to hear more great stories about Great 48, just run down a strange media guy like me in the parking lot. <laughs> And come tell me how, how much you love this this person that maybe your boss, maybe somebody you know. So that's that's not quite how it always works, right, Leah? So we have uh, it <laughs> that it could work in Laura's case, and it did. So Laura, thank you. This has been awesome. Thank appreciate you so you. much. Thank you guys. I appreciate you. The Arizona Craft Beer Awards and Festival coming up October 21st. It's in Glendale. We hope to see you there. You can get your tickets for the beer festival at tickets.phoenixmag.com 
Tickets.phoenixmag.com. Just look for the big logo that says Arizona Craft Beer Festival. We're having our awards coming up here in a couple weeks, and we will celebrate them at the festival on October 21st. That'll do it for today's episode of the Phoenix Magazine Podcast. God willing, we will see you here next week.